Hello and welcome to Duelist CUNY Raw, episode 35. I am glad I'm not in school anymore because, to be honest, that place kind of fucking sucked ass. And uh, there's a lot of, of reasons for that. There's a reason in our mentality that it exists. But I think, especially over the last year or two, I've recognized the uh, the lack of necessity of it being there in the way that it is. And I think through a little bit of clarity, a little bit less distortion, a little bit less fear, uh, our society may be able to figure out a better way of, of handling the initial years of humans' lives that are very delicate and easily molded. Because um, like with everything, we could do a little bit better, but it's it's not going to come from a force. It's not going to come from stress and, and anger, but, you know, through, through letting go of, of that in myself, um, cause it starts with me and it starts with you. I am also very glad that I'm not in school, but on the same token, I am also very glad that I have learned how to learn. I have learned how to appreciate how full life is. So that way, all the information that I do get exposed to all of the insights that I do run across mean something to me. I'm not just taking them in for the sake of passing a test. That's never going to mean anything to me. I'm actually learning about myself and my existence. And because of that, it sticks because of that, it makes a difference. And I change immediately upon learning that little bit of information because it's actually getting some depth in my awareness. And so it gets depth in what I embody moving forward. So life, existence is the real school. And there are no tests. There are just continuous challenges. So with all of that said, I hope you enjoy this live stream that is Duelist Unity Raw, episode 35. And again, Monday morning doesn't fucking matter. I love the fact that Monday doesn't really matter here, or at least in my life at the moment. It's so satisfying to be back to this because admittedly, this is not my first rodeo in the not living by everybody else's schedule, as it were, because I was an entrepreneur for years, for years. And I set my own schedule in a lot of ways, and it was very freeing. And I really do encourage people who are tired of working to somebody else's beat, who are tired of doing the nine to five for a project that they don't feel invested in, to explore entrepreneurship, for sure. But that all said, don't convince yourself it's easy. It's not by any means. But in that, there is huge capacity for growth. There is also capacity the capacity for you to get off of the time equals money equation, which to me is just brutal. We talked about this a little bit when we were discussing capitalism the other day, that you know, in an ideal world, as the company makes more money and they have machines that can do most of the work, all of the employees would just get more time off with the same pay. Right? Like that would, that would be the ideal world, but we don't operate like that. We have to hoard it to one person. I don't know where I was going with that. It was a good rant to start the episode with. Uh, absolutely. No, it's uh, <clears throat> unlike Ray, this is my first try at uh, entrepreneurship, not, not living by the uh, old nine to five sort of outside of that system. And, and it's been, uh, it's been a journey. Yeah, it's definitely not easy, but it's it's a lot different because at my so at my old job, 
especially the last six months when I, uh, cause for a while, uh, what was I, I ended up being there a little over four years and got promoted a few times. And it was kind of this constant, like with most people, it's like you get promoted. You're like, really glad you got promoted, get that raise and everything for like a month or two. And then it's like, all right, how do I start working towards the next one? And you're doing your job, obviously, and, and doing it well. And at my company, and I think most companies, you kind of, in order to get promoted, uh, sometimes, you know, you can just do a really good job. And, and then someone will be like, I've noticed you doing a really great job, you get promoted. But at my company, and it's the only one that I worked at, I didn't work at any other companies uh, after after college, at least, you know, in the typical like nine to five corporate world. And uh, at ours, we had to very much push for ourselves and create a case for ourselves to get promoted. And so no matter how good of a job you're doing, if you weren't saying like, hey, I think I deserve a promotion, you weren't getting that promotion. It was it was super rare that, that you would. Um, and so it was kind of like if you were trying to get promoted, you were doing two jobs, like doing your job and then proving how good of a job you were doing also. And that always rubbed me, that always felt strange to me. I was like, why do uh, like you realize I could be doing a better job if I wasn't spending all this time documenting how great of a job I was doing. It was always very interesting. And so the uh the last six months or so at my job when I was doing obviously we've been at it at dual security for I think it'll be uh 17 months tomorrow. Um the 28th. Yeah September 28th. Yeah fuck yeah uh almost a year and a half. And uh so we were doing this a bunch, spending a lot of time on this content, everything like that. And so I didn't try to get promoted. I was like, I'm good where I'm at, which is funny because it got a lot of sort of pushback from not pushback, but just from my friends at work, they were like, wait, you actually told your boss that you're not trying to get promoted. And I was like, yeah. And I understood why it sounded strange because it would get brought up in, you know, one-on-ones and whatnot. And and I would say like, yeah, I'm, I'm happy with where I'm at. Um, I'm good with, good with where I'm at, happy with where I'm at. And so it, I went back from doing, you know, two jobs to, to one job, uh, at work and just doing the work that I was doing and still doing a good job. But there was so much less that I had to do because I wasn't necessarily trying to prove that I deserved to move up. And so what I'm getting at is the last six months of work, because I had been at that role for like that one for over a year. And it was kind of just like, I got better at the role that I started with. It wasn't that I was doing different stuff. It was just further on. Like you start as at my company, it was like associate account manager, account manager, senior account manager. So I was at senior account manager. And so it was basically just the stuff I was doing for the last few years. I was just had gotten very good at it. And uh, so it didn't take so much extra work. I wasn't necessarily learning a lot more. Um, And I could kind of just, not that I was coasting, but it was kind of just doing what I had to. And so I didn't have to put a ton of time into it necessarily. I wasn't putting, certainly wasn't eight hours a day into it. Um, And so it's funny because now, and the content stuff, the podcast stuff, I've never thought of it as work. So even right now I'm at work, but I don't feel like it. That's for sure. And uh, so with the shift, like now I'm spending way more time, you know, 
quote unquote working like way more time than I was. There were weeks, especially if it was like a, a down week, it was like there were days it was two hours a day. And a lot of times it wasn't, I would have meetings, but I wouldn't be leading them. So it was like, yeah, I would, I would have to pay attention, keep, keep my ears open for certain, certain things. If my clients or stuff got brought up or whatever, but uh, it wasn't that I had to be, you know, on the ball all the time. And so now like way more of my time is spent working because whether it's on live streams, on episodes, researching the guests we have, reaching out to guests, filming videos, editing videos, all of it is all technically work. And I'm spending probably like 10 times more hours on this, but it's all things I enjoy. As I've said so many times, if I had billions of dollars, like this is what I would still be doing. I would still be making TikToks and doing podcasts and everything we're doing for Dualist Community. Like this is what I would still be doing. So long story short, there's a much different energy to doing something that you would do if you could choose to do anything and working on that as your full-time job. So as much as on paper, it's like, oh, wow, you're working so much more. And it's like, yeah, but it's not draining me. It's not, it's not a sacrifice. It's what I would have chosen to do no matter what. So for me, at least, and there's a lot more I could probably talk about, but I'll, I'll pass back to Ray. But uh, there's, there's a lot of things that I've learned over the last few months of just doing this full-time as my job. And, and what I will say is it's a lot more energizing. Um, you know, I wake up excited for the things that I do as cliche as that seems like it, it really is the case. Nothing that I do. is like, Oh, this is, uh, this is tough. Cause it's all going towards the same goal. And eventually, you know, it, it, it directly goes towards building something that is ours as opposed to, you know, it's our dream. It's not someone else's dream that I am biding my time, sacrificing my time for an X amount of money from them. It's it's building something that eventually, you know, will be that kind of sustaining um, passive, passive income to a degree once it gets to a certain point. And so I don't know, it's a lot more exciting for sure. I agree. I like how you put that. Yeah. It is very different. I, I described this to you before we went full time that uh, the work life balance gets a little out of skew with startups um, because you're putting so much in up front. That said, when it is finally taking off, you have more time and more resources to spread out to do more things. And, and that's definitely something that we have in mind. Um, it's interesting talking about this process because admittedly, see, I say entrepreneurship is challenging and an opportunity for growth, but I'm fully aware that there are a lot of entrepreneurs that are still doing it just for the money. That's the drive is that financial freedom. You know what I'm saying? The house and the hills and, you know, overlooking the lake. Can you go on vacation three or four times a year? That kind of thing. Get yourself a nice car, hot tub, you know, the vision as it were, you know, what most people have in their goddamn vision board, that, um, and you can do the entrepreneurship to there, you can, but that doesn't really change much in the way of your life, in terms of your existence, at least, it might change your surroundings, but you're still you, and it doesn't do, do much to change the world, in general, which you're still a part of, 
regardless of how nice your house may be, regardless of if you live in a gated community, even you have to leave eventually. And the rest of the, there is the rest of the world to face. So see, to me, it's all about, okay, well then uh, there's no really, there's no real end point in terms of this journey. Like that's not the carrot to me. So that means the work itself has to be the carrot, not just the work, but the mentality that the work is all about, right? Because you, I like how you described it as, you know, there was the work and then there was the work about the work. There was the politics and the politics took away from everything else. They diminished how much work you could actually accomplish because you were too busy trying to pander and, and you know, get the next level of job and all that stuff and live up to everybody's expectations of how you should appear. But there is none of that bullshit here. Because frankly, we have a lot of fucking work to do. And I don't have time to give a fuck what you think of me and vice versa. Straight up, we have this idea. We're not even an idea. We have this experience of freedom that's growing within us. And it's something that we enjoy so much and want to perpetuate so much that we talk about it all the fucking time. And that brings more people in who also talk about it and experience it. And it means something to them. And so it's a different business model with dualistic unity entirely because we're not actually trying to build a specific thing. We don't actually have like an exit strategy. There, this is not a business as you would traditionally look at it because this is a world changer, or at least that's kind of the intention behind it, right? Because we are the world and we are changing without the concept of limitation as to what that means. See, that's it. There's no ceiling because we have no actual direction. We just know that, the, well, we have a direction. We don't have a destination. That's the point. It's just freedom, growing freedom in each and every one of us. And so where the hell is that going to go? I don't know. But I will tell you right now, as somebody who has worked with numerous startups and worked with different investors and so on and so forth, this would be the best thing if you could get into it in terms of investment from the ground floor, because you know it's never going to stop. It's not for the exit strategy. It's not for you know how it makes Andrew and I look in terms of being you know the head of this thing because we don't we aren't. That's the whole point. Like we do the conversation, but the conversation is informed by the community, and the community is ultimately going to inform what the hell the community does. Because that's the point. Everybody suggests things. Like uh, we often discuss Amanda. Amanda is a whirlwind of ideas and insights. There are so many ways that Amanda has come up with in terms of getting involved with the community, helping on a deeper, bigger level. And at the same time, doing so in a way wherein we can take advantage of the current infrastructure, that we can find funding, that we can generate funding, that we can actually make this into something that continues to perpetuate itself over time. This is something that we're always looking at. What does that mean? I don't know. I have no idea what that's going to end up being, but I certainly know the direction that it's going in right now. And it's very much based on the fact that we're not doing this for the money. That changes everything. And I, I'm not going to lie, Andrew, kudos to you, man, because it is fucking impossible to find somebody who genuinely isn't doing it for the money. It's fucking ridiculous. Like a lot of people, oh, no, well, yeah, I'm in, I'm in. And then a little while later, the tension starts coming up and they start fucking, mm, the self-regulation is just not there because their intentions weren't really there. You need to have that, I'm just going to put it in 
keep putting the time in, keep putting it in. And, and as soon as you can do that without actually looking for anything other than the growth you're getting at each and every moment, you're already a success. So, I mean, as a community, we're already a success, which is pretty fucking cool. And the reason that every day I come to work, I feel just stoked because I'm not trying to be anything. I'm already there. Oh yeah. Um, regarding the, uh, the titles, it's funny. Uh, and, and just people getting into entrepreneurship and stuff like we haven't even given ourselves titles. Like we don't, you know, usually when, when someone has a startup, they're like, one of the first things they're like, Oh yeah, I gotta be a CEO. I gotta be a founder. It's like, we haven't even done any of it. We haven't even talked about it once. I think I brought it up on another live stream, just how little we've talked about it, how funny it is. Um, cause yeah, we don't have that. I was thinking of that. Cause I, I think we're, uh, we're going to work on getting on LinkedIn a bit more too. And so like, maybe we'll toss on something just to, uh, satisfy all those looking at it. But, um, yeah, it's, it's just God. very <laughs> yeah. <laughs> fucking God. Oh, <laughs> uh, that would, that would get some people's juices flowing. Um, but yeah, regarding the, uh, regarding the money side of it it's it's interesting because the depth as i've gotten you know deeper into the recognition that i am everything i have been everything i always will be everything the the priority hasn't been on andrew as much and thinking about things because as we mentioned yesterday like at the current moment if we don't make any more money than we're making right now. Like we are not going to be able to sustain doing this. Like we're going to have to get other jobs. Like we are not making enough to sustain rent and food, even like hardly enough to sustain like monthly groceries. Um, so those on Patreon, we love you so fucking much. Your support means the world. But that being said, I know that things will turn over even just with you know the the growth of the podcast the listens like we're at a at a point where we can start getting sponsors and we're getting to a point where sponsors are going to be like salivating over getting on the podcast um so that's coming and i'm not worried about it because even just thinking about my own life and and what it's really come down to for me is priorities and I can't, there's as as much as I've talked about, you know, I want to get back to traveling. I want to do, I don't know, just different shit. That's, that's really the extent of it. I don't have like new clothes. I want to get the, I have like my sweatshirt. I could probably use a new sweatshirt because I have quite a few holes in this one, but you know, I've, I have a few others that I, uh, cycle through, but it's certainly not close. Um, but traveling, that's like one thing that you know, I want to do. And, and, but even that in comparison to what we're doing here it doesn't doesn't stack up and so anything that i think i would need you know a bunch more money for like to get to the point where we've said you know this is going to be our cap like that is enough for me to travel with very little concern about anything else um but that being said if we're not there i would rather do this than than travel and so it really doesn't the money isn't at the forefront of my thought process it's it's very much secondary tertiary uh thought obviously it's something that we gotta we gotta get because we have to sustain our lives but 
it's not driving any of my thought processes or decisions. You know, when I'm clipping up stuff or making videos or whatever, it's to push people to the podcast. It's not with the thought of, okay, this is going to get X people here. This is going to make us X more money. It's not, it's not like a typical business, which is interesting because I'm going from, you know, typical corporate nine to five to not only entrepreneurship, but like entrepreneurship in a way that 99.9% of people don't do entrepreneurship. Like my primary focus, like I do a lot of social media stuff, getting clips out and all that stuff is just getting people to the podcast. Our, our focus isn't profits. You know, it's, it's not that profits are going to be a byproduct of everything else we're doing, getting people involved in the, in the community, um, reaching those who are interested in having the conversation basically. So it's, it's a very different way of going about things, but in the recognition that there isn't an endpoint, there isn't a destination, there isn't a point where, you know, we're going to try and evaluate dualist community and, and sell it to the highest bidder or some whack-ass shit like that. It's like, no, we're, we're, uh, becoming a larger ripple in reality. And as that ripples more, you know, more shifts, more changes. And that's, that's our focus. It's not about, and, and really that just comes down to how we view ourselves and our ability to let go of the desire for things to change as much as that's like priority over the money. It's like, it's also not, it's so counterintuitive because we're not trying to get anyone to change. We're really just being here, having the conversation and, and seeing how much we can let go of any desire of, of getting anywhere and, and seeing how perfectly things can turn out for not, not us, but for reality. So it's uh, but yeah, it's a lot of fun. <laughs> oh, I'm not going to lie that, uh, see, we've had this conversation before in terms of uh, selfishness, taking out the other side becomes selflessness because you realize that you are not your idea of yourself. And what remains is that you are everything. And so to be selfish is to take care of everything. Everything is an expression of you. And the more you let, and, and the more you let go of your ego self, the more you let go of that identity or that, that small idea of who you are, the more you are the universe in action, the more you are embodying the actual fucking will of the universe because you're embodying your own will. I want to do that with fucking ridiculous amounts of resources. Like, I just want to fuck with the current system, frankly. And, and I'm saying that as the universe, obviously. I just want to shake the whole fucking thing. I really do. Like, I love the idea of the billboard in Times Square. I am God. We are one. Fuck yeah. Oh my God. Just for the sake of it. But how about on, on buses? How about things like, you know, you're not what you think you are. Just leave it there. You're not what you think you are with no branding and just put that shit all over the world or just start, you know, well, do that. And occasionally randomly just go and, and find somebody who's working their second minimum wage fucking job and pay three months of rent for them. You know, 
just ridiculous shit like that. Find somebody who's struggling to get groceries and, and get them groceries, you know, to make resources available to people, to be able to just be ridiculously altruistic because nobody else is doing it for the sake of doing it, right? Like that's it, is to use the corporate loopholes, to use the system, use all the ridiculous advertising money and all that shit and put it into a system that we actually want to put it in a world we actually want, not just, you know, Andrew and I are going to be the next Elon. Dear fucking God, no. Oh my God. Like my fondest ambition is to fucking be forgotten in obscurity so long as the world changes. I don't give a fuck about my life. I just want to be left the fuck alone. I'll be honest with you. As much as I'm here and I enjoy talking to people and I do, I love all of you. I really love my own time. I really do. If it wasn't for the fact that I see what the fuck is happening all the time, I wouldn't be here. Like, I'm telling you, if it wasn't for the fact that we're so very fucked and my daughter is growing up in this shit, I, I wouldn't be participating in this. This conversation would be happening privately. I would be having this conversation with Andrew privately. It wouldn't be about, you know, growing the community because frankly, if the world didn't need to do it, we wouldn't have to do it. But we see what's, what the result of not doing it is. And I've been sitting on the sidelines quietly doing the dad and husband thing for a long time. And it's getting ridiculous. And it's all just because of one simple thing. Like that's, that's how ridiculous this is. It's because of one simple fucking thing. One simple thing that's gone on for fucking generations. And we can't see it because it's an invisible fucking filter. We actually can't see it because it doesn't make any sense to us. You have to have this giant fucking leap in insight to go, oh, what? I'm not what I'm thinking about. The me I'm thinking about is not me? It's like, correct. It is the best approximation your little mind can come up with based on the information that it knows and you know the perceptions that you've explored so far. That's it. It has no, no other truth to it. It's just a guess. That changes everything. But how much of our culture is invested in the idea of ourselves? And that's it. You get that. You feel a little bit more free in your life. Other people get it. They feel a little bit more free in their lives. All of a sudden, there's a little less racism, a little less fucking war, a little less conflict, a little less greed. Why? Because we all feel a little less lack. Nice, simple, simple solution to a very... Uh, long-term problem something that's been habitual for a long time because again it's it's so hard to recognize yeah it really is fascinating how much i mean we talk about it all the time but how much identity has just fucked everything like like really it, it's gone so far that we have all of these things happening all of these atrocities and we don't recognize that believing that we are what we think we are when it's such a limited idea based on such little little evidence <laughs> that uh that it's caused and and is the root of all of the things that we experience in a unified reality that just doesn't recognize that it's not divided so it's fascinating but in terms of doing shit with uh you know, once we're once we're covered, it'll be awesome. And we just have just like 
I have this uh, like a, a debit card that just has a shitload on it. I could just go to, you know, walking down the street, say I'm in New York, see a homeless person and be like, you look cold. Let's get you a hotel room for, for a week and just buy him a hotel room for a week. Or you hungry? Let's go get $200 worth of groceries. Let's go do that. Because why the fuck not? Why not? Once you're covered and you don't feel that lack, you don't feel like you need so many more things for yourself and you recognize the weight of all of the things that you cling to all of the possessions and whatnot. So I can't wait for that day. That's going to be an exciting day when we can just do great. What seems like crazy shit that really is just selfless altruism that, uh, yeah, society's going to wonder what the hell's going on. You know, it's interesting because, because of the, what this conversation is because of the community that's formed as a result of this conversation and the authenticity that we're often talking about because I know there are so many people in the community right now who are thinking to themselves god I'd love to be able to do that too or something like that and all of these people have different skills it's not even just about you and I doing altruistic things because those things happen. You see them every once in a while on, on social media. Somebody goes and pays somebody's groceries or somebody will go up to the door and pay someone's rent. And that's great, right? Or, or get someone a week in a, in a hotel room or something like that. But how great would it be to expand that to community altruism where we don't just make that first contact with the person and say, hey, you need, you need a place for a month. Here's some food. Let's get you on your feet. But we introduce them to somebody in the community who helps with resumes. We introduce them to somebody in the community who helps with skill building or helps with social anxiety in terms of being able to talk to people. Like we actually pass this person into the community and have them help in whatever way they can, in whatever way they're willing to. So each and every person that's welcomed into the community has a resource in other people who see themselves as that person. And if we can provide resources for that community to do that, if we can facilitate that, not just through you and I, but through multiple people as it expands, that's going to be huge. I, I, I don't think that could be stopped if it really got momentum. Yeah, helping ourselves. Yeah, I could absolutely see that, you know, see it. Yes grabbing a few people and kind of like pushing them through it's almost like I, I was gonna say pushing them through our system but but you know not like the typical fucked up system that we're existing within but it's basically like you know 10 little 10 stations almost where you know they and however it would work out but they work with them for a couple of days on certain things you know if, say it is a homeless person that been on the streets for a very long time and you know they're all scruffed up and everything it's like get them a, a few new pairs of clothes you know some new t-shirts some new shoes whatever get them a haircut trim beard trim or, or you know whatever they got going on and uh yeah help them with a resume help them with whatever and just you know flip that around and and kind of make a loose system around that process because you know you see it with shelters and whatnot sort of but in it would be in a different way and if we're able to just pull like if we're able to pull in crazy amounts of resources and what i mean just crazy amounts of money where we can just do shit like that and not even have a second thought like that would be i mean that would just be fucking awesome like that's really making 
making shifts on a just on a whole nother level. So yeah, one day. Well, yeah, and absolutely. You see, I have a long-term view of this, right? In terms of each and every person that we help in terms of getting on their feet, feeling a bit more free, getting out into the world, finding their own path and prospering thereof is somebody who's going to help spread the word. Somebody who's going to be part of the community, part of the conversation, somebody who may one day end up becoming a Patreon supporter. You don't even know, right? But the point is the ripples made that person's out there in a way that they wouldn't have been otherwise. And, and so like I understand, and, and I could hear it right now, you know, there are social services that these people can access. Sure. Have you ever been to those places? Have you ever talked to some of the fucking people who work at those places, the people who are paid or underpaid, let's just say, and don't really have the mentality where they give a fuck that they've just gone through the system. They've just gone through their education in order to get that pay, in order to get that certificate, in order to get that respect that goes with that. Because of course they serve in this function, but over time it just wears at their soul because they're not actually able to do anything meaningful outside of maybe assign a check or worse, judge a family on superficial fucking prerequisites. Like that shit wears you down. And unfortunately, anybody who does go into the system with an altruistic heart quickly fucking has that stomped on. It's very difficult to maintain that. Look at all child protection services. Go talk to the people who work in child protection services, the people who have been there for a while. Ask them if they started out with good intentions. Like, I just want to help children. And ask them how they feel now, because right now they feel pretty fucking disheartened about what they can do if they haven't just given up entirely and focused just on how much they can make in the vacation time that they can accrue in a year. Right. The problem isn't that we don't have these services is the problem isn't that we're, we don't have these band-aid approaches. It's that we don't have the mentality that's meant to drive them. It's that we're doing it all for a job. We're doing it all for money. We're doing it all for something other than the recognition that these people are us and need fucking help. It's not coming from the place that it should. And so it doesn't have the efficacy that it can and so it's not about creating a social services department and then hiring. It's really not. It's about having a fucking community that cares enough to be of service individually in whatever way they can. Not because they're paid to, but because they actually have the time and the freedom because other people are helping them. It's just a change in mentality. And it changes everything, but it's got to start somewhere. So why the fuck not here? Amen. And a lot of people will view that, you know, they'll see, oh, it's it's different. So they, uh, you know, with uh, everyone just has to be selfless and not think about themselves. And it's it's not that because we have this perspective that, you know, in the example you were giving that, you know, the social workers, they get they're still within a system. They're still within a certain mentality and they're doing it for themselves and and almost like you know, they're getting paid for it and not really deriving any benefit within themselves beyond the pay because they're not seeing themselves in anyone that they interact with. So as that perspective shifts, as you go from seeing yourself as this limited idea, seeing yourself as separate from all of reality to not, to recognizing that you're not this limited idea, you're not this limited perspective, you're not this limited individual in a world that doesn't give a fuck about you and you see that you are that world as that as you help that world shift and change and grow as you let go 
of the prison of yourself, there are so many selfish benefits to that. Like you feel so much freer in yourself. There are benefits beyond what we can even comprehend in our, our existing society. It's not just about making more money because what, what, what end does that go to? To feel free in yourself eventually. You know, you want to have enough to be free in yourself. Well, what if you don't need so much to be free in yourself? What if you just need enough for you and you can be free in yourself? What if you don't even need enough and you can still be free in yourself? You can still embody that recognition. You can still understand that. And that is, it's a priceless recognition. It's a priceless feeling, freedom. But it isn't found in any of the conventional ways that our society thinks that it is. It's through letting go of all of your certainty, all of the things that you think you are. And that's how you become free. And so in that perspective, you know, helping helping other people just adds to that. You know, it is there are benefits for you. You know, it's not that you feel better about yourself, but you're already good. And so it's just an expression of that freedom, of that you know, goodness that you feel inside of you already because you you don't have those so many of those insecurities or fears or concerns or or worries about what things mean about you anymore. And you're just kind of this, I don't know, like a blank slated battery just going around ready to ready to help yourself as reality. See, that's the thing though. Like when you hear these arguments like, oh, people who don't have to work all the time, you know, they're, they're lazy. They end up not, not given any, have any, any, having any ambition or getting into anything that would be productive or anything like that. In what mentality? It, are, are you talking about a person who's had to work their entire life and all of a sudden they get a couple months off and they do nothing? I can't imagine why that might be the case. Give another six months. Let's see how long they just chill out. Because, and I see this sometimes in terms of uh, parents who have taken their kids out of traditional schooling, like usually around high school. And there's this gap that happens where the kid doesn't want to do shit. Like they come home and they're just like, why would I do that? Like if it's not something I have to do, why would I do that? And parents usually freak out about they're like, I don't know how to motivate my kid. My response is always leave them the fuck alone. Let them adjust, like let them have a little bit of time in terms of freedom. The whole reason you're getting that response is because they've never had freedom. Like you're seeing the result of how they've lived up until now. Think about that. It's like they're taking a breath after drowning and you're going to judge them for it, right? Maybe if they weren't drowning the whole fucking time, they wouldn't have to take that breath. <laughs> right. And the same thing is true with work, right? Like if people didn't feel stressed all the time, they wouldn't feel in the way that they do in terms of being protective or in terms of having to hoard or in terms of being afraid of what could happen if they don't have a certain degree of money. Like the reason that that exists is because frankly, we live in a world that's divisive and doesn't give a fuck about you. You know, but if we were to change our, our priorities, people would, would respond differently. You know, if you changed your mentality, people would respond differently. 
right? So it's not just about changing the system. We always do that. We're always like, well, what kind of system would this be? It's like, hold on. How about you just work on being free? Let's just work on you being a bit more free and let's see what you do differently in your life. Because you're going to do everything differently in your life. And if enough of us are doing everything differently in our life, well, then everything in life changes, right? That's it. That's all it fucking is. It really is just that. But that controlling mentality is like, well, what would it look like? It's like, stop that. Like, just be free. Let that whole question right there is a result of you being afraid. Come back here. Yeah, that desire for certainty. I must have it or else I don't know what I'll do. <laughs> like, you'll be all right. You've never had certainty, only giving yourself the illusion of it and doesn't actually fix anything, just helps you to temporarily feel a little bit better. But um, yeah, it's that that other side of the perspective, like we were talking about with uh, addiction yesterday, and we've talked about many times before people look at, you know, with with taking a breath, they're like, well, you're not doing anything because I don't know what to do because I've been fucking drowning my whole life. What do you mean? And we don't look at the drowning side. We just look at the taking a breath and not doing anything side. It's like with addiction, like we were talking about yesterday with porn and masturbation. It's like we're all looking at the, oh, they're they're masturbating and, and watching porn. It's like, well, because they're trying to alleviate the stress from their the rest of their fucking life. And they're they're trying to find ways to, you know, de-stress. And maybe there wasn't so much stress the other 99% of the time. You wouldn't have to cling to so many things like that. You wouldn't have to, you wouldn't need all of these addictions, need need all of these soothers. Because if, if your life the rest of the time isn't so fucking awful and stressful and brutal, then you don't have to escape it. They're all, we talk about escapes and we don't recognize that in order to escape, you have to be escaping from something. You don't escape from nothing. And you don't escape from an existence that you really enjoy. <laughs> so we don't look at that. It's like, you know, not looking at the root, not looking at the root of our suffering being the idea of ourselves. It's like we never want to look at the root because that's uncomfortable. We would rather just look at you know, the things, the the branches and the leaves, like, you know, the the addictions, all the things, the uh, taking a breath after drowning for a very long time. We don't look at, want to look at the drowning aspect we don't want to look at what's causing all of that but that's how things change that's how we grow that's how we shift that's how we let go of those things but we're trying to force people to to stop and getting concerned when they ah, take a pause and and wonder like i don't really know what i want to do with my life it's like because maybe it's because they've been told what they should do their entire life and never thought for themselves so maybe that's it <laughs> Well, it's like this whole thing, like, you know, oh, careful, don't take that gap year between high school and university. It's like, why? And they'll say, well, because it's much less likely that you'll return to university. Ding, 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 a clue. <laughs> like, holy shit, really? I can't imagine why that might be. Could it be because it's a stressful fucking hell, a daily grind that I'm forced into and don't want to be going through? Could it possibly be because of that? Or are you just hoping that the conditioning will hold for that year? And that's it. 
They're just hoping that conditioning will hold, that you start to go, oh, yeah, schooling is the path to uh, happiness and success and respect and all of that fun stuff. And it's like, yes and no. The world is changing all the time. I mean, if you look at a lot of the successful entrepreneurs out there, a lot of them didn't go to university. Some of them didn't even finish high school. And it's because you don't need to do that to be intelligent. See, intelligence doesn't come from how many things you memorize. It comes from how deeply you get into things, how much enthusiasm you have, that you have, how clearly you're looking at it and why, right? But we have this idea that, no, no, schooling is the path. Well, that, that idea came from people who benefit from us thinking that schooling is the path. Keep that in mind, right? That's all it is. That gap here is important, you know, because you'll figure out who you are. But this is why, this is why homeschooling, you know, I, I got to admit, like, there's so much more time for self-reflection. There's so much more time to just understand who you are or why you reacted the way you did. I mean, going through high school, you would deal with, I don't know, a bully or somebody who is judging you or some fear of being left out or something like that. And then you would be immediately on to the next stress. Like you wouldn't have time to actually sit down and mull that over. You wouldn't have time to sit down and think to yourself, well, why? Why is that getting to me so much? No, no, ring on to the next class. Oh, you got a test now. Oh, and after that, oh, here's another asshole who's going to put you through something because you're a kid surrounded by kids who are still defining themselves. Of course, they're going to judge you. Of course, it's going to go badly. It's the weirdest thing. Yeah, I'm just thinking about that process of going to school. Like, school was such a busy time for me. Like, I never had any time to sit and reflect on anything. It was like you had to it's it's like a full fucking day. Like school days are long days and you're just going back to back to back to different classes. So, you know, you wake up and at that point, I, I you know, you don't really comprehend the idea of, you know, getting up before you have to to give yourself a little bit more time. So you just get up when you have to, or like a little later than you have to. So you wake up, say, you know, school day starts at 8am. You wake up at six, six thirty. maybe, maybe you didn't quite finish all your homework from the day before. So you got to start doing that immediately. You're like stressed about that. You scarf down some food, catch the bus, get to school, like bang, 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 class after class, after class, after class, you know, maybe you have a little free period. You do some homework there so you don't have to do as much later in the day. You know, you get home. If you go home, I played sports all my life. So I usually didn't even leave until like six or seven PM. I would just go straight to straight to sports. Then you get home at seven. It's like, oh, you have now you have two hours of homework. It's like there is no time. I'm thinking back now, like, holy shit, it is fucked that children endure that and there's never a chance like especially if you're dealing with some shit year year after year especially if you're dealing with some shit like at home so you're dealing with some family stuff or there's bullies at school it's like you get bullied throughout school you you know you go to a class in in between classes you get bullied or whatever then you go home you do your sports or go to learn an instrument or whatever because that's what you're supposed to do and then you get home and you're like still dealing with sort of the trauma from getting bullied and you're like 
okay, now get your homework done. You're like, fuck. And then you're exhausted. And then like you're falling asleep doing your homework. So you're like, fuck, I'm just going to do this in the morning. Like I'll, I'll do it. And then, and then the cycle repeats. It's like, holy shit. And then, and then on weekends, you know, if I was playing sports, we would have travel stuff. So we'd go somewhere else. And it's like, there was never a time. Oh my God. Fucked. Fucked. Yeah. And then what's worse is that your parents who also went through that and then went straight into the workforce are still feeling fucking traumatized, are still running their bag off, are still unable to really settle down and self-reflect themselves. And you're barely seeing them. So you're just kind of passing each other by. And then we wonder why parents and children get farther and farther and farther apart. It's because there's so many different stresses. We never actually stop to live. Like it's the most ridiculous thing that at this point in terms of technology, at this point in terms of progress, quote unquote, people really still have to work to live. Like that's ridiculous. The fact is, is that we have it within our power to make it so that way people can live and work. That they don't have to survive on this fucking planet. Right? Think about that. Like we've come so far, so far. We're so fucking civilized. We're so advanced. And yet there are people still unable to survive in a city. Like they'd have a better chance of surviving in the bush. Thinking about, think about that. Because at least in the bush, they could hunt something. They could find something to eat. In a city, if you don't have money, fuck you. Because all the food's behind a locked door. So where are you going to go? It's, a, it's just a fucked up system. And we're so enthralled by it because we're so caught up in what drives it. Identity. Right? That need to control, that need for certainty, that need to judge, that need to compare, that need to compete. Fuck, man. You grew up in sports. How much was competition drilled into you as a good thing? Right? Fucking over and over. Our competition brings out the bestness. Rah, 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 says some macho asshole who needs to feel better than everyone. Right? Like it's the most ridiculous thing. Competition's healthy. Don't get me wrong. Competition with yourself is healthier. See, trying to beat your own best for the sake of doing it. Not because it raises your value, because you can, but because you can see what you're capable of. It's a totally different thing. How many times were we taught to live in that space? How much time? How much were you said? Were you asked in track? What was your best time last time? All right, just beat that. Don't worry about the guy running beside you. Right? Because what's the point? Is it to compare our uh, to compare our levels, or is it for us to actually start to grow in our own path? But again, competition is one of those things that needs to be enforced by a divisive mentality that has to evaluate itself all the time. It's not that competition isn't healthy. It's that taken too far, it's fucking toxic. Yeah, that's a that's an interesting point because I haven't really thought about comp. I mean, I've obviously thought about competition with yourself, but in the in regards to valuing yourself, if you're just always competing with yourself, value isn't as much of a part of the equation, if at all. Value is derived from competing with other people because then you can measure your value relative to your performance. And this goes for everything. But when you stop comparing yourself to everyone else, when you stop competing with everyone else and therefore determining your value based off of that, 
the value isn't you recognize more clearly that your value doesn't waver. You're just you're just competing with yourself because why not? It's so it's so interesting because even thinking back, you know, and sports was always a big part of my life, like growing up, like trying out, like having tryouts for certain things, like fucking two days of tryouts. And then you got put on a team and there was always it was it was funny because I uh, I ended up playing baseball in in college and everything, but I was never growing up, never on the top team for a while. I was always, it was interesting the way they did it. Usually there's 12 kids on a team. It was like the top eight at the tryout automatically made the top team. And then the last four got picked by the coach. And I, there was like two years in a row that I was the ninth kid in the tryout. So I didn't auto- automatically make it. And because the coach didn't know me, like I didn't, I didn't make the team. And it was just interesting how there was always a, you you felt like worse about yourself because of it. Like automatically, there was no way to be like, oh, nice. I didn't make the team I wanted to. Like, that's not a way that kids react. But because we're we're existing in a value-based society that's that's rooted in comparison and judgment and, and competition and all of those things, like that's how we're brought up. Like we're taught that from such a young age, like the first, and I'm not saying that, you know, everyone should, you know, I'm not saying like participation trophy and and all that shit, but it's just interesting how that is at the forefront. Like, I think that can be an aspect, but the fact that it's like placed on the tip of the mountain, as opposed to being a part of it. And, and it's never reinforced the kids that like, this doesn't mean anything about your value. This doesn't mean anything about, about you. There's nothing to feel bad about. It's not about comparing yourself to everyone else. Cause even that it's like, you know, take sports team, for example, it's just one aspect of your life as well. But we put so much weight on that, especially growing up as, as kids, cause it's all about comparing and valuing yourself and, and, especially going through your teen years, you're trying to so desperately to find that certainty. And because you're trying so hard building that idea of yourself, you start seeing yourself in a certain way and and comparing yourself relative to everyone else. And if we just dropped that idea that comparison was even possible, that we could even aptly compare ourselves to anyone or anything else, because you can't, we try to, we try to, I don't know, me relative to this person, I am better than them. It's like, okay, just because you are you perform better at this one thing doesn't mean anything about the whole spectrum of everything. And if you take everyone's capabilities, like there's not one person in all of reality who is objectively better than another person at every single thing. Maybe they're, you know, better at at a few things but it we because we're trying to find that certainty we're trying we try to we're like okay i'm not not as good as that person but hey at least i'm better than all these people and like that's how we exist and so you know therefore we we're always going to be suffering if you're existing in that mentality and it isn't necessary but the society we've been existing within feels like it is and so that you know with the identity comes 
the idea that I need to be seen in a certain way, it's all focused on me, which isn't a necessary way to live, but we don't understand that. So therefore, there's going to be repercussions in a society that is so focused on that, like all the shit that we we experience, all of the atrocities, all of the homelessness, like the people suffering and all those things are byproducts of a, of a society that's always existing in comparison and always trying to be more, more for me. And therefore I'm more because I need to feel valuable because I don't. It's interesting because when you look at the stages of ego development, you understand that comparison and competition is kind of a necessary part of that. Like it's just something that happens as a result of identification as we, as we develop. So it's more likely to happen, especially around the teenage years. But exacerbating that or making that worse as a result of creating a system around it that doesn't try to counteract it, or at least doesn't try to say like, yeah, I see that you see that way now, but that's not actually that important. Seems almost stupid. Like it seems kind of funny that we would take that mentality and steep it in competitive sports or competitive anything at that age. Why not leave competition out entirely of the environment that children are growing up within, doing it for yourself, doing it for the sake of growing and so on and so forth. And then as they get to eight, to the stage, stage four or stage five of ego development, where they can compete in a healthy way that they know is not self-defining, then introduce competition, then introduce the option for competitive sports. For example, you know, so if you feel like you have, a, you know, a unique skill or that you do excel compared to other people and you would like to put that on display or at least test yourself that you can go and do so knowing it's competitive that it does not reflect on your value but it is an opportunity for you to test yourself but we don't get that by the time somebody gets to the point where they can get into competitive or professional sports they're egotistical assholes more often than not right and why well because they grew up being told you're fucking awesome because you can do this really well in a system that actually believed that. And, and so what happens later on when they leave sports or they get injured or something like that, then all of a sudden they have to question all of that stuff, right? It's, it's just like Socrates and the whole thing, like in knowing I know nothing, I know more than you do. Like he was talking to, uh, I think it was a carpenter or a craftsman. And, and that was his whole point. The craftsman is just like, I know everything there is to know about what I do. And that was all Socrates was trying to say was, you know, everything there is to know about this one thing. That doesn't mean you know everything at all. But that was very much what people want to believe. It still is. I'm an expert at this. Therefore, I am a fucking expert. It's like at that, you could be a dumbass in everything else. Right. But in knowing that I know nothing and knowing that whatever I do know is a small, tiny fucking fragment, I know more than you do. That shit got him killed. Uh, yeah, fucking fascinating. But that makes sense with introducing competition later on. It's interesting even thinking about it, talking about it now, like why we we do so, so young. I mean, we do, you know, there is a point, I think usually, uh, at least for me growing up, like trying out for a team and making a, a better or worse team didn't start till... <laughs> it was like seven or eight so we got like you know probably i probably started playing sports when i was like four 
got like a solid three, four years where there wasn't like, I wasn't determining my value. And then it's like, as an eight-year-old, I am all of a sudden determining my value based compared to everyone else. And it's like, why is that necessary? Why? Mm, it's so, uh, cause if say, for example, we did just continue on with not having competition, at least till, you know, they were, I don't know, 15 is better than seven, at least till then. And then you can, you can start measuring yourself and, uh, and whatnot, but it's fascinating that we do it so young and it's just, I, I guess, a derivative of the mentality, you know, adults need to measure themselves. They, they think their value is derived from that. Therefore, you know, as they have kids that all of a sudden becomes an attachment to their value is how good their kid is at something which is fucked. And then, and then they compare and, and they're able to, you know, derive some value from their kid making making the a team as opposed to the b team and all of a sudden they're they're a better parent because their kid makes the best team and they're better than the other parent whose kid didn't make the best team it's uh oh man it's it's a pretty fucking disgusting way of existing oh man because adults have this thing because we always want to self-validate in the same way that uh you know how you walk you watch those toxic males and, and and they're very much like you know this is the way to be a toxic male it's like you mean do exactly what you're doing exactly exactly what i'm doing because it's self-validating <laughs> therefore i'm a male right that kind of thing anyway it's the same thing with parents unfortunately or adults as a whole when we get to a certain mentality we go this is the most appropriate way to live in the world and then we superimpose that on kids you know it's the reason you have children in grade school learning like social sciences and fucking names of the different states and different capitals and shit like that. Like they don't fucking need that. They don't need that. Like straight up, like what a kid needs is time, time and space and the opportunity to expose themselves to different experiences. That's what they need. They do not need to memorize the shit that you need to know for your job. See, and that's, that's how adults think though. They're like, well, these are all the things I need to know to get around in the world. It's like, right. You could learn all of those within a year at this point in your life. Like if you didn't know them and you had the level of intelligence you have now, you could learn almost all of that shit in no time. Why force feed it into children at a point when you're literally replacing insights that they could be having about themselves with shit that they don't need to know? It boggles the fucking mind. I remember uh, my daughter, I think she was in grade four or five and she was talking to her friends and they were talking to her about the fact that they had to know like the political candidates in the area that they had to know like the name of the mayor and, and then the you know, the alderman and things like that in city council and i'm like you're in grade five what the fuck are you doing with that information they didn't care they just had to fill it in on the test it didn't have any relevance to them and it shouldn't in grade fucking five like you should know what a mayor is. Okay, right? Sure, let's talk about an alderman. But how relevant is that to you in grade five when we could be talking about the fact that you feel a little less about yourself because the kid who is picking on you is trying to feel better about himself? That would be a way more relevant lesson in grade five. 
right? That you are enough, that your value is not something that can be measured, that an emotion that you're feeling right now will pass as long as you don't attach to it, that thoughts themselves aren't truth. The idea that you're worthless isn't the, isn't the reality that you're worthless. These are all lessons that we could have fucking benefited from in grade five. Instead, we were taught fucking shit we didn't need to know about places that we've never fucking seen and, and ways that we don't appreciate because it wasn't relevant. It wasn't relevant. I love that study. I, fuck, I wish I could find it. I read this years ago. There was a university, and I told you about this before, that basically compared two groups of students. I think they were 12 years old. Traditional schooling students had, you know, up until that point, had to learn everything in that year that they were supposed to learn in the curriculum. Okay. And so they did so and they were tested and they got their marks and so on and so forth. Other students who had not been raised in traditional schooling, who had been homeschooled, but not with a curriculum, were taught everything that they needed to know prior to that year and everything in that year in the same year and they tested higher because it was relevant at that age how much time did those other kids waste on information that they didn't even fucking retain right and it was just so what so they're not out in the streets reminding us of how fucked we are It really is fascinating how little I remembered from from school at all. And even college, like even college, I didn't use, I've said this before, I didn't use anything I learned in college in a classroom in the job that I had for four years. Everything I did in that job, I learned, we had like a little training program thing. And then I just learned from doing it. There was nothing about it. I learned more from my baseball team in college and that whole experience of like a real world type of situation with 30 grown dudes and like five coaches interacting with each other and like managing that sort of egotistical madness <laughs> um, that, that went along with all of that. Um, I learned significantly more from that experience than anything in a classroom because that was closer to reality than anything in a classroom and it was just so interesting and i remember it's funny you bring up fifth grade because i remember one of the things we had to do <clears throat> that was when i went to um that catholic middle school i've talked about before super fucking conservative so i started going there in fifth grade left after ninth grade so a little bit of elementary school a little bit of high school there too but um they had us do all sorts of whack shit and and one of the things we did uh in fifth grade was we had like a poetry part of the year where there was i'm sure looking back there were some great poems but i didn't give a fuck about a poem and so we had to memorize certain poems and then like say them in front of the class and i was pretty good at like memorizing stuff and whatnot and i didn't give a fuck about like what was actually being said at all and so i and i was always like a procrastinator always doing last minute stuff and um so for for every time the poems came around and it was my day to do it it was like night before i was like oh no i have to know this and my mom would be like when do you have to know it by i'm like tomorrow morning she'd be like oh andrew i was like oh, i'll get it i'll get it it's fine so we would just spend like a couple hours i would get it down i would do it really well the next day 
not retain anything. And and the teacher even, uh, my teacher was like, wow, Andrews, <laughs> this is one of the funniest things. She was like, wow, you did such a great job. Like you must've spent quite a bit of time learning that. When did you start? I was like, last night. She was like, oh, she was like so ready to set an example of like preparing and everything. And it just went, you know, the opposite way. But just like things like that, I never... There was nothing about it that I didn't understand the poetry. And it wasn't even about that was the thing. We probably talked a little bit in class about, you know, the underlying meanings and whatnot. But it was just like you got to learn this and you got to say it in front of the class. It would have been so much more beneficial to talk more in depth about it. You know what it meant about you or just doing all the things that you talked about, like letting go of the idea that. Your performance on anything raises or lowers your value. You know, th that the interactions that you have with other kids, they don't they don't dictate, you know, you. They don't create because that at that point, I think fifth grade, what you're like 10 years old. It's like there's so many things in flux. You're trying to figure so many things out. So talking about that process of of understanding yourself, like if we could just have schools that for a few years allowed you to do that and interact with people without all the fucking weight of of needing to learn all this fucking bullshit all the time like that would make so much more sense we would actually be putting people into they would come out of school like understanding a little bit more about themselves not seeking validation for everything that they do it makes so much more sense. And what are the what are the pitfalls of that? Oh, they wouldn't learn, you know, they wouldn't learn all the capitals of all 50 states. Like, why do they need that? Why do they need that right now? Why is that more important than letting go of the idea that their value can fluctuate? Like, isn't that a little bit more important for our society that everyone understands that? Well, especially given the fact that you can just look it up like anytime you want, what's that? You don't know something. Give me a second while I reach for my phone. Like it really is a different world and we aren't taking that in. Like we are still, still very much thinking in the same way. Another thing dawned on me. And I wonder about this in terms of like, I don't know if you've noticed this, but around the age of 30 or so, people like precipitously drop in terms of like their their uh, rate of aging like have you noticed that all of a sudden in their 30s people just start looking old like by the time they're my age it really looks like the weight's just hanging off their face like it's the worst thing they don't smile and if they do it's like it's ah oh, it's fucking painful and why why and and so have you ever seen the before and after photos of people who have spent six six months meditating? I'm not sure. I think I think at some point I probably have, but yeah. If you get a chance, check that shit out because it is fucking remarkable how much of a change. Like people will lose fucking five years off their goddamn face, man. Like five years easily. They just look younger, happier, lighter. They smile a little easier. Like the whole thing fucking changes. Well, what are you doing when you're meditating? Or more importantly, what are you not doing when you're meditating? What are you not focusing on when you're meditating? Not just not you, the time. You're not focused on the fucking time, which means the time 
has less of an impact on you, right? Because you're not so stressed about it. You're not worried about it. You're not thinking about it all the fucking time. Tell me, and, and I have to ask, because this is often the case. I know it is for me, and it probably will be for quite a few people in the community. The most prominent memory I have of grade school and all other schooling is the fucking clock. That's the most prominent memory. Tick, 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 as I'm waiting for the fucking bell to ring so I can go out and live for a little bit. And then not for too long, because I got to watch that fucking clock because I got other shit to do in the evening. And then I got to be back here in the fucking morning. We get that shit so early, so early. No wonder we're a ball of fucking stress by the time we're in our 20s. Holy fucking shit. Why should children be focused on this 24-hour fiction all the fucking time? Like, especially in grade school. Like, that has an effect on people. All of a sudden, they have to start regulating their life according to this counting of minutes. It changes us. It really does. It took me forever to stop wearing a watch, to stop checking the time. That was actually something I had to break the habit of. How often do you check the time? Listener, in, in general, how often are you looking like, oh shit, huh, might've been five minutes. It's a fucking brutal way to live. It's a brutal way to live and it wears you down, but we learned it somewhere. It's not just that it's useful because yeah, like knowing the name of all the fucking state capitals is useful as an adult, as an adult, that's useful. But to drill that into your mentality so young, that has to have a, detriment, a detrimental effect. Like I wonder about that shit all the time because that clock haunted me. And at the same time, is knowing the capitals even that useful? Like I'm not saying that we shouldn't, but it just hit me like, Wait a second. Why do I have to know the camera? <laughs> like, I really don't. Uh, it's not really that relevant. It's like a tiny little bit relevant. And only if someone asks me what the capital of something is. And then I reach back to, you know, my grade four learning experience. But outside of that, like, why do we? Maybe if we, are working in getting a grant for something and we have to go to something in the capital, like a certain building in the capital and show up there and we need to know which city we should go to. But then again, Google, Google maps, all that, like we're not, we're not looking for directions. It just, we plug it in and it, it takes us there essentially so our our capital like i don't think they really are like i think we could exist perfectly fine without knowing a single fucking capital of anything and the only reason that it's ever because i i do remember a lot from when i was younger of the state fucking state capitals and the only time it's relevant is if someone's like wait what's this what's the capital of that say it again i can be like oh i think it's that and then the funniest part is it's not even, oh, it's definitely that. It's like, I'm pretty sure it's that, but let's Google it. <laughs> let's find out. It's like, could have just done that the whole time. So I don't really know if it's even that relevant. 
as an adult, which is fucking hilarious because that's something that we're teaching fucking eight year olds. And if you're 50, you don't even really have to know it. If you really need to. You can look it up. And even before you could look it up, like there were still ways to look it up. And I guess the only again, the only reason to know it, maybe for your own state, someone's like, what's what's the capital of your state? Just so you could tell them what it was. And because if you didn't know it, they'd be like, oh, you're a dumbass. And and that's the only reason to know. Like, so you don't get called a dumbass. Oh, fucking A, that's funny. So much of our knowledge is that, though. Yeah. So much of it, you know, and, and, you know, that's great if you're on Jeopardy, right? Like, that makes sense. Sure. You know all that shit. That's awesome. You know, if you've read all of the encyclopedias available to you, you're going to know a lot of shit. But I'm hoping you're doing it because you're actually interested. Right. And that's the case is often we're just not like I remember very clearly whole hours that went by where, you know, those scenes in a movie where like it focuses in and everything outside of the focus is kind of like fuzzy. And all you hear in the and that's all you hear. You're not actually listening to anything that's being fucking said. You're more or less just disassociating for the sake of dealing with the fact that you're still stuck here right that was so much school that was so much school and it's funny to me because i love to learn like for something to drill the love of learning out of someone like me holy fucking shit like i stand in awe of the machine that is our schooling system wow if you ever wanted to design a way to bring out the intelligence in people and then do the exact opposite thing, it's our schooling system. Like it is just, it's insane how well it's designed to do fuck all in terms of helping us develop as people. It's just like, here, we just need you to go somewhere. That's it. You know, daycare is too goddamn expensive for teenagers. So here we've created this institution like building. Don't mind the bars in the windows. Nothing psychologically effective or psychologically going to affect you there. Don't mind the increasingly shitty meals that you have to eat or the tiny fucking lockers that you're that you're expected to live out of or the narrow amount of time that you get to reflect at all or the fact that you don't actually get to decide what you want to do with your life because you have just a few options this year. That's it. How many courses would you like to take this semester versus that semester? Which courses would you like? No, you can't take that. That's not an option. Despite the fact that we have an internet full of fucking information that could facilitate the learning of almost anything. Isn't that interesting? You can actually have workshops in school that are just run by teachers who are generally interested in shit and give students the space to explore something and talk to them about it as they're asking questions like, oh, that's really interesting. Actually, I'm not too sure. This is where you might find that information without telling them what they have to be interested in. Wouldn't that be nice? A place for students, children to go if they're interested. So it actually makes sense as opposed to sending them somewhere to go so the parents can go to work. And, you know, it's funny because you might hear that and go, oh, well, it's not that simple. (laughs) I fucking disagree. I have heard this shit as a parent. I have flat out heard people say, well, if I didn't send them to school, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be able to go to work. That, 
that. And that's often in a family where both parents have jobs and a house that they don't fucking need or expenses that they don't fucking need. And it's just that they're both working because that's what you're supposed to do. And you stick your kids in school. So why the fuck wouldn't you go work to buy more shit for yourself? Because you don't feel happy in your life. And it's this whole goddamn toxic mess. That is just the result of the fact that we don't recognize we're doing it. It's just the common mentality now. And so we do it because everybody else does it. And everybody else does it because everybody before them did it. And society around us is going, yeah, that's what you do. That's what everybody else does. And we're profiting off of it because we know what everybody else does and we've learned how to adapt. And so the most incredible thing that you can do as an act of revolution in this incredibly fucked up system is to stop trying to be anything. Be who you are now, learn from that. Yeah, that's it. But our system doesn't take that in. It doesn't facilitate options to be yourself. Really, it doesn't because it doesn't know what you would do with that. It's got to direct you somewhere. Otherwise you could do anything. And to me, that's really exciting. You can do anything. Seeing yourself in no way is the best act of rebellion that you can have in a system that feels like it needs to always see you in a certain way. And, and you always need to see yourself in a certain way, because God forbid you're uncertain about who or what you are. But really that uh, what you were bringing up with choice, like having the the choice to go learn something if you want, like just that tiny little shift of having a choice to do something, choosing to learn about it because you're interested in it, as opposed to getting it fucking throttled down your throat for a good 15 years of your life to 20, 22 years of your life. That changes everything, everything about it. You're so much more attentive because Having the option to not do it allows you like it's it's more empowering. You'll be way more attentive because you could do something else. And that's really what things are like closer to as an adult. Sort of like sort of. I mean, it's still like you're kind of forced because, again, you have to work to live. So you're kind of forced into that. Um, and because you're not given any time to consider what you actually want to do as a as a kid growing up, you you don't really have the opportunity as, as much as you could to do all of those things. But that fucking being able to choose to do something because you want to, because you're interested in it is is <laughs> it's like such a novel concept in our current system. But it's like how reality should be not that it should but like that it could oh it could be that way and it would be so much easier to exist in a in a society that you actually feel like you have a choice in how you exist in what you want to learn because you're interested in it but um yeah i mean i think that changes changes all of it and i did just want to say real quick i saw this come in there's been a bunch of comments i appreciate everyone who's tuned in to the live stream on twitch here but uh ben bought his netherlands ticket just saw that fuck yeah dude i'm fucking pumped for that one we have we've sold a number and we've barely promoted this one at all they're only available on patreon right now left. but 
28 left. Fuck yeah. So what we've sold, what is that? Six already? Fuck yeah. Hell yeah. All right. Six. What? So that's uh, what? 20% almost, almost 20% already. Oh, and, and just uh, a we, heads up that uh, public access to these tickets is going to be available as of March 1st. So early access for Patreon is only available for the next two days. And uh, if you definitely know you want to go and you're not on Patreon, might as well get on Patreon because you do get a discount that is significantly more than the monthly cost of Patreon. So you know, even if you hopped on for a month and then hopped off to get the discount, uh, you get to join our group chats for, for a month. If you're on uh, tier one, you get you get eight of those per month. And then tier two, you get like fucking 20 and tier three, like 20, 25. <laughs> so yeah, more more than worth it. If If even just for the discount on the retreat, if you know you want to go to the Netherlands, might as well just get on Patreon to get that discount and then you can hop off. You're going to save yourself some money. So, um, but yeah, we can get back into the school stuff. I just wanted to say that Ben fucking pumped, dude. It's fucking awesome. Super excited for that one. Oh, and straight up on Patreon, you get to hear so many other things like these episodes are great. Having guests, fantastic. Love doing it. Really enjoy the conversations, the call-in shows. Love them. The round table is fantastic. Wherever we can engage with people, wherever we can engage with our audience, it really is what this is all about. But the Patreon groups, holy fucking hell, that is literally the best part of dualistic unity. If you're not on Patreon, and I'm not trying to entice you because in, in all honesty, it's cheap. It's, it's like five bucks a month, 25 bucks a month, or a hundred bucks a month. Either any of those tiers, you get access to us at least twice a week in a group environment where we can all talk and share stories and really discuss things as they're relevant to our life day to day. It's totally live. It's very informal. It's not like we're sitting there being teachers in all of this. We have ridiculous conversations. We laugh about ridiculous things. Like it's really just a chance to hang out together in whatever way we can right now until there are more live events and more opportunities for you to meet us. The Patreon groups, I, I think they're the best part of Dualistic Unity. Straight up, this is the, the public face of Dualistic Unity, but the heart of, of Dualistic Unity is the community itself. It really is the group discussions. And if you'd like to check out what that's like before committing to Patreon, then join us on Wednesday. 6 p.m. Eastern time. You can register at dualisticunity.com. We do an hour of a free public group every week on Wednesday. So you can join us. We shoot the breeze in a group environment, very much like our Patreon groups. You don't have to pay a cent and you can check out what it's like because I promise you, if you're looking for a way to connect with people in this conversation, it's in our Patreon groups. Yeah, absolutely. Those are, uh, those are always just so much fun and we we are able to get into because there's so much more conversational and you know people bring up certain things they want to talk about and then we get into depth on those it's like as great as the episodes are and even community topics because people are very much informing those episodes like you can just get if if there's something that you want us have been wanting us to talk about or cover you just get on a patreon group and be like hey what are your thoughts on this and we'll talk about it for fucking however long and if you have another follow-up question like you can ask that so it's funny how people are you know that they bring up suggestions topics for like podcast episodes and it's like 
you could just you could just talk to us live about it. It's so funny because even giving the act, even the uh, community topics, like they're always a blast and they're awesome. And you know, a lot of podcasts do not incorporate their community nearly, not even fucking close to the way that we do. But even beyond that, like so many aren't doing things like that where you get to inform an episode, but then you can just just talk to us about something you got a certain you know family situation going on like you don't have to even book a one-on-one you can just bring it up in a group chat and granted there's a few other people but the beautiful thing is that everyone's so fucking open-minded and non-judgmental like they'll probably have plenty of things to share as well someone may have an experience that's closer to yours than me and ray me or ray have ever had and they can give their two cents on it like it really is such an incredible community and and i just love those group chats so much because we also get into fucking funny shit too and, and we're way uh we're becoming more and more unhinged by the week i think but we've always been more unhinged on the on the patreon chats and and they're always a lot of fun because it's just a place to i don't know be free in yourself to to not fear or not have concern about what someone's going to think about a certain thing that you bring up or a certain thing that you're dealing with. Like, you know, yesterday on, on Twitch and on our live stream, it's raw 34. Uh, we talked about masturbation and the reality of that. That was very much informed by a Patreon group chat where someone brought up their, you know, concerns about it, their thoughts about it. And we talked about it for, I don't know, a good 45 minutes, just all about the reality of, of masturbation. People were telling stories, blah, blah, blah. And it was just, it's just a, grand old time chatting about uh something that's very taboo and a lot of people are unable to especially in you know like religious or christian households like you can't bring that shit up certainly not because you know if you do if you even discuss it if you even say the word you're you're probably going to hell <laughs> so um yeah they're just the great i don't know great parts of our days great great time of the week every time we get a hop on those and they're just there's always a lot of fun really yeah and we say that and we want to remind everyone that in about a half hour from now we're going to be holding a tier one group so it's only five bucks and you get to join us for an hour and a half while we shoot the razor possibly two hours this morning i think it might be two hours this morning which is even better so it's it's a great group to join especially if you're if you just want to start you don't have to be on video I just want to let you know, you can actually just turn your video off. You don't even have to talk. If you want to participate in the text chat, you can do that too. We'll still get to your question as best we can. Um, however you're comfortable. If you are looking for a smaller setting, if you are looking for a more exclusive group where frankly, there aren't as many people, so it is a smaller group in general, then I cannot recommend the tier three group enough. We do it once a week on Sunday afternoon um, or Sunday evening, depending on where you are. Uh, that tier three group is not very big. It's less than a dozen people on average. Um, tier three gives you a bunch of perks, including some hoodies from Dualistic Unity, which you know are great and comfortable. Um, you also get a shout out in the credit roll at the end of all of our video episodes. You will find one at the end of this episode if you're watching it on YouTube after the live stream, so later on tomorrow. You'll see all of our, our current tier three supporters there in the list, or at least the ones that volunteered to have their name in the list. It's huge to us because tier three helps us 
in an incredible amount of ways. It helps us in currently in, in terms of financing and trying to survive, but it also gives us the opportunity to brainstorm some of the other things that we don't talk about in tier one and tier two. Like for example, uh, the book that Andrew and I are writing about are, are writing right now. We kind of brainstorm that in our tier three group. We talk about a lot of things in terms of like how the business is developing, how our traffic is building, what our plans are in terms of a retreat center, things like that. Like there's a lot of conversation in the tier three group that doesn't happen in tier one and tier two. So it's a smaller group. It's more exclusive. It gives more perks. It's well worth the time and it really helps us. So definitely consider that if you're looking for any of those things. I just want to throw that in there quickly. Absolutely. Yeah. Always, uh, always so much fun and uh, a lot going on. And especially with the book, that's uh, it's going to be a fun one to, uh, to get out there and yeah, just couldn't be, couldn't be more excited. Um, you got anything you want to chat about? Actually, I wanted to go back I, uh, because there was yeah, yeah. something in the chat earlier. Somebody had mentioned and somebody had been like, yes, that's a great idea. And I bet I, I, I want to, toss in and say i totally agree dualistic unity pens great idea really really good idea i think that's definitely something that we can we can do um i'm not sure how or when at the moment but i will look into it because i think that'd be rad i would love to see some dualistic unity pins out there it's convenient you can toss it on pretty much anything where wherever you're going so thank you for the uh the recommendation we certainly appreciate it and again it just goes to show you how much of dualistic unity really is formed by our audience like andrew and i are just doing the best we can with the ideas that we have the things that pop through our awareness as we're trying to grow as people and so whenever somebody comes along and they recommend something like that it's huge it really is it's funny we were having this conversation yesterday um on patreon in our tier three call oddly enough um with amanda and and a few of our other supporters about dualistic unity multilingual because this is something that we're considering at the moment dualistic unity is only available in english because andrew and i only speak english but we would love to see our episodes dubbed in spanish in russian in mandarin in any language that we can um, because there's a lot of episodes there's a lot of content and we would love for somebody who speaks more than one language, who would like to be involved with this possibly in the long term, because it would be a commitment. Understand that this would be something ongoing, that you would be making a profit from as that channel builds, as that audience starts to grow, because you would essentially be the voice of dualistic unity for that language, for that entire demographic. So that is another thing that if you're interested in being involved with that, we would love to chat with you. Just uh, contact us, go to dualisticunity.com, go to the contact section, get in touch with us. Let us know what languages you speak um, and how long you've been listening to the podcast, because honestly, that's going to be a big deal because a lot of what we talk about on the podcast is not easy necessarily to translate into another language. Hell, it's not easy to translate into English, to be honest with you. So it's something we're definitely going to want to make sure that there's an understanding of what it is we're talking about. And of course, we're going to work with you very closely if this is something that you're interested in. So you'll talk to us frequently and you'll be a genuine part of the team. So just keep that in mind. Um, if that's something that you're interested in, of course, we're going to create a channel on Discord for it as well. Yeah, it's going to be awesome when we can get those out there and and go global with it all. Um, but yeah, it's funny. You 
bring up the difficulty in even translating this into into English because the insights aren't in a language. They're not in words, you know. The uh we do our best and people talk sometimes, whether it's on a Patreon group or, or you know, the public group about how you just have a really hard time putting it into words. And and sometimes sometimes someone will describe an experience and they'll start it by apologizing like i i don't i don't know if i'm going to be able to explain this super well it's like absolutely no need to apologize it's very much understanding and and communication is is a two-way street and i think a lot of times that can be where people get caught up in some of these recognitions is because we're so used to valuing ourselves and dictating our basically just determining our value based on how well we can explain something or express something or how well we can get a point across to someone else. Like if we can do it well, great value goes up. If we can't do it well, bummer value goes down. And it can be a place, as I said, that people who are having some of these recognitions can get caught and actually get taken further from themselves because when it really comes down to it, you know, recognizing that you're always in flow, how much can you let go of the need to be seen in any way? Because anything you think you need to be seen as isn't it is taking you further from yourself, taking you closer to the fiction of you because any way that you see yourself isn't you any way that someone else sees you isn't you and there's so many traps that we can fall into and one of them very much being able to express these things and and getting people to understand what we're saying and i think that's that's where i got caught and still get caught in this all the time and you know when someone asks me what what are you what is it what is it all about what is everything you talk about all about and there's just so much that sometimes I'm like, here's something. I don't know. There, there's a there's a little piece of it. And I've gotten a lot better about not attaching my value to my ability to express what it's all about. Because if you think you are, if you think you're more valuable because you can't express it, you're further from it. That's not it. And so really. It's about just letting go of any need to be seen in any certain way because any way you're seen isn't you. And so letting go of that, which is is something very much that we're, as we've been talking about all episode, like growing up in the schooling system, that is how our value is determined, how well we can do something. And that's not what it's about. It's about being it. If anything, it's about how well you can embody it and needing to be seen in a certain way, needing to express it in a certain way or, or in, to a certain degree of clarity isn't embodying it. It's not. It's trying to be something. So let go of that. And uh, it automatically gets easier <laughs> in a way, like with everything, it's so counterintuitive, but you know, being able to express anything doesn't mean anything about how well you're actually recognizing it. Well said, because you are the message. 
So if you're trying to be something, then the message you're sending across is that people have to try to be something. It's very much not the case. So I wanted to say thank you to everybody who, of course, joined us today for this episode, because it's a really important conversation to have. I think that a lot of our shit, a lot of our stress, a lot of our trauma, frankly, comes back to the society that raised us and the fact that they don't understand or even look at a lot of the habits that they go through. And so what I mean is that a lot of people suffering through social anxiety, for example, don't recognize that that is largely the result of being constantly fucking tested in an environment who's, that's trying to determine your value or where you have to fit in with other kids because they're mean little assholes that will make your life a living fucking hell if you don't. Like all of that stress and all of that anxiety carried with you. Your body took that shit in. And the reason you're dealing with it right now is because of the fucking system that, that raised you. Understand. Like it came from somewhere and they started fucking early. It's just like religion. I mean, the system definitely took a page from religion there. Get them while they're young. And that's very much the case. So this episode is a perfect example. There have been numerous points in this episode where I have voiced things in what could have been voiced in a much more sensitive manner, where I just fucking said it the way I wanted to fucking say it. Fuck you if you don't like it. Say like that, for example. Everything in my head from my previous conditionings, like that's not acceptable. People are going to find you harsh and, and, and uncaring and people aren't going to like where you're coming from. I don't fucking care. And the reason I don't care is because at least it's me. In this moment, who I am, how I feel right now. And if I've offended you, if something about what I'm saying has bothered you, or if you have some actual critical feedback, like maybe you're getting a little carried away with your opinion, right? Maybe that's why this is irking you so much. I am happy to take that shit in. Thank you very much because maybe I wasn't looking at it. Maybe I was carried away in the experience that I was having and that's okay too because now I'm in a different experience and you've helped facilitate that and we grow together. We grow together. But a big part of that is understanding that our whole fear of not being ourselves was really fucking drilled into us through a system that benefits from us not being ourselves. Absolutely. And, and that in no way means that you got to sit there wallowing and, and saying, oh, it's, it's all the system's fault. And, you know, I'm I am this way and nothing I can do about. It. No, it's, it's acknowledging where it's coming from alleviates some of the weight, which allows you to shift and, and recognize that shifting and changing is a possibility. But as long as that weight is there and you haven't recognized so much where it's coming from. I think it means something about you and there's very little way for you to shift under that weight. It's, it's not that you can't, but it's a lot more difficult. So it's not about blaming it. It's not about, but it's also not about disregarding it. It's about acknowledging it and understanding that through that, you know, dropping of the weight of thinking that it means something about you thinking that it's your fault allows you to take the responsibility for you here and now and your experience here and now. Because as much as the system and, and all of the past things that you've experienced may have led you to right now, doesn't mean it has to keep you on that track. And when you recognize more clearly where it comes from, you can you are in a light enough 
experience, a light enough mentality to see some other options. You're in, there's a little bit more clarity. You know, the, the window is a little less foggy, just enough to see another way of seeing things basically, but it's not about blame. It's not about avoiding blame. It's not about carrying the weight yourself. It's just about acknowledging where it comes from and, and having the willingness to let it go. Exactly. Recognize why you don't feel free. Work on your freedom. And then all of a sudden, the entire system changes with you. Which is what we were saying earlier about dualistic unity. It really is just an expression of our freedom. That's all it's meant to be. And based on that, I think it has the best chance of growing in a world that's very much contradictory to freedom. Just because it is so starkly different than the rest of what's around it, I think it has a very good chance of standing out as an option, an option that we haven't been looking at in a long time, that you can just work on yourself and be free and your cup overfloweth and the world changes as a result. And that's really all this is. And I feel pretty full in my cup. I really enjoy these conversations and these episodes and of course the community that's building. I'm really looking forward to connecting with everybody in the next 15 minutes or so. Um, Again, the Netherlands retreat, the Netherlands retreat tickets are going to be available on the website March 1st for the general public. If you would like early access, if you would like a discount of 50, 150 or $300, depending on your tier, definitely join us on Patreon. Uh, if you have any questions about that retreat, of course, you can just let us know. Uh, and aside from that, thank you so much for joining us. This is a great way to spend a Monday. Absolutely. This has been this has been a fun one. It's so funny how we go into these just have a no, no fucking idea about where we're gonna go. Just here it goes. Halfway through, I was like, damn, we didn't we didn't think how did we even get to this right now? That ah, doesn't matter. We're going. And that's that's how it's gone for the last 17 months and still a whole lot of fun. So yeah, thanks for tuning in. Excited to see somebody on Patreon in 15 minutes. Bye, Ron.